Welcome to the Legally Bliss podcast. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, dress at the office, balance our families with work, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys and how they've proactively chosen to do career and life differently. The ones who question the stories they've been told, the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms and not what society or big law has prescribed for them. We'll learn from these women how to deeply question the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll impact the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated to inspire you. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to Legally Bliss Conversations. I am so happy to have today my friend, Erin Gerner. <laughs> that was me listening to myself. So <laughs> we have decided that today's theme is done better than perfect. So we're going to be talking a lot about that. That was just a perfect example. Let me tell you just a little bit about Erin. Erin is a former attorney who transitioned to become a life coach for women in the legal field. After years of feeling burned out, unfulfilled, and anxious from juggling her career and her family, she realized that she needed a change. She faced challenging questions and ultimately walked away from her law practice, but doing so really felt her li li um, feeling guilty and ashamed. Over the past decade, however, Erin has embarked on a journey of self-discovery, learning that true success goes beyond the billable hour and burnout. As the CEO of Erin Gerner Coaching, she's here to share a better way to practice law that prioritizes your well-being, empowers you to take control, and leads to a fulfilling life and a career. And, and career. Welcome, Erin. Thank you so much for being here. I am so happy to talk with you today about your journey, about coaching. I know that there's going to be a ton of brilliant uh, gems of wisdom from you. So let's, you ready to get rolling? I am. Thank you so much for having me, Susie. And I love that the title of this is Done is Better Than Perfect because we literally, right before we went live, we just said done is better than perfect and went live and there you go. So here we are. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So yes, that that will be the title of the show. I'm really, I'm really excited. So let's talk about, let's go back just a couple of years, right? To when you decided it would be a great idea to go to law school. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, um, it's interesting. I tell people this story and I'm always surprised how many people can relate because when I think back about my 22 year old self and why I went to law school, I'm like, Aaron, what in the world? But truly it was one of those things where I really didn't know what I wanted to do next, honestly. And you know, everyone's like, Oh, you go to law school. You can do anything. And my parents were of course, and I hear this all the time too. Oh, you're great at arguing and you should be a lawyer. And there were no lawyers in my family, mind you. I'm a, I was a good student. I love school. I'm like, let's go to law school. And plus, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I didn't have any lawyers in my family. So I didn't really have anything to base this career choice on other than my 22-year-old self. And um, 
yeah, so I went to law school and actually really loved law school. I thrived there, um, loved loved school. I know that sounds actually kind of crazy for those of you who went to law school, but I really did enjoy the study of law and went big law, did all the things I was supposed to do and found myself turning around going, this is not what I thought I signed up for. And I don't know what to do, but here we are, right? Like I had done all the things, like I'd done the things, made the good grades, passed the bar, gotten the job and here I was. And so I went. <laughs> so yeah. That, yeah. That story honestly sounds so, so similar to mine. Like I didn't, I didn't really know what else to do after college. I was a, I was a biology major and I didn't really want to go get my PhD and I didn't want to go necessarily work in a lab. So it was like, oh, can we like extend, extend this college thing like three more years? And at 22, like looking, like I felt old, but like looking back, I, like we're really young. <laughs> I mean, we were kind of babies, you know? It really is. And that's so funny. I was an international studies major, like whatever that even means. I don't know where I thought I was going with that yeah. degree either. It was just, it's just so, but we are, we're babies. And you even think now knowing what I know, I mean, our brain isn't even fully formed to like 25 or seven <laughs> years old. So we are literally still in this impressionable time in our lives and we're making a decision that is literally going to affect the rest of our lives and what you base your career choices on. And I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that we've learned a lot about just human development and kind of our own brain development and how mature or not mature we actually are at 22, 25. Um, and a lot has changed in, in 20 years. I graduated from law school in 2003. Oh my gosh, this will be like my 20th, this is my 20th anniversary, wait, my, or my 20th um, year out of law school. So I think you're kind of close, right? I think you're a few years behind me. I was 05. So 05. yeah. Okay. okay. So you got a few more years to hit your, <laughs> before like the reunions and stuff coming up. I don't know if I want to go to that, but you know, um, but okay. Yeah. So you get out of law school and you're you start working at a bigger firm and you're like holy crap this is not what i signed up for like what was going on it was just i mean keep it rated anyone g around would, here okay uh, what'd you say let's keep it rated g <laughs> oh yeah exactly i it anyone who's practiced big law can obviously relate to this it was literally like drinking from a fire hose That's a good they way. don't teach you how to practice law and there is no mentorship and support and you are literally thrown into this environment and supposed to figure it out and there were no other females that had any sort of semblance of a life that i wanted to repeat <laughs> i you know there's that you've got these women partners who are standing up at the front they're like this is how i do it all and i was like what you wake up at 3 a.m. on Saturday to do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, I don't want to yeah. do any of that. Like, yeah. that is not what I am here to do. And once that settled in and it was just this onslaught of anxiety and pressure and overwhelm. I mean, I was on anxiety medicines for the first time in my life. I was legit getting sick before I went to work every single day because I was like, that jacked up in the environment. It was just not healthy and it, it was just not healthy. Yeah. And mercifully, 
you know, society and what was happening in the world kind of eliminated that for me. I was, I got laid off in the 2008 recession from that big law job. And I remember at the time <laughs> thinking like, oh my God, like I just lost my big girl. My life is over, right? <laughs> All this stuff, what am I going to do? And looking back, I was like, goodness gracious, that was the Lord just giving, handing me a favor that I didn't yeah. even know was happening at the time. No one was looking over you for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you know, all of this really resonates with me also because I was in a bigger firm and, you know, I guess I, I really started realizing that like what success looked like or how they were defining it in that firm just wasn't how I desired to ultimately live my life. So I ultimately ended up leaving a law firm um, in 2010, but you left in 2008. So let's talk about you leaving leaving the firm and kind of what that was like. I know that you said that, um, you know, you were at that point, you were having to face a lot of questions, right? And you walked away from that practice and you felt guilty and ashamed. But let's, let's talk about how um, your transition out of big law was. Well, it's interesting when something is like forced upon you like that, it, um, it takes a decision out of your hands and you're, you're grieving it in a different way. Like, not that yeah. I really wanted that job, but like you grieve it in another way that you didn't have control over the circumstances. Um, but I, you know, I, I left that job and I actually had a really wonderful mentor. He was a male partner there and he is still a very dear friend to this day. And I, you know, he was very supportive. He actually, let me know that this was happening beforehand, like, so I could actually prepare and do all that kind of stuff, like get my resume up, start talking to headhunters, like that, that kind of thing. So I left and I think I maybe was out, didn't practice for a couple months. And then I took an in-house position at uh, an oil and gas company, which... <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, oh, this will be better. This is in-house, right? Like, this is going to be a well, lot yeah. more Yeah, I mean, that's what everyone wants. To, like, that's like the end of the rainbow, right? Like, I want the in-house position. I, I think I interviewed at, like, 10 different places when I was in. Oh, I probably shouldn't say. No one knows this. <laughs> but I, I, I interviewed at, like, several places when I was in, in the firm uh, that were in-house. Because I was like, that's. I, I want that. Like, I want to work in the company, but you're saying it really wasn't all like it really cracked up to be. It was really one of those instances where not bad to worse, but they had a no work from home policy. It was an oil and gas company. So it was predominantly men, even <laughs> though like running the show, even though their staff was primarily female, which was really interesting to me that they, they had a no work from home policy. And I became a mom when I was at that job. And it literally, I remember this so vividly. My daughter came seven weeks early. She was seven weeks premature. So I literally left work on a Friday afternoon, like pregnant going home and had a baby by Monday morning. And it was very much, I left that Friday as one person and came back three months later as a completely transformed woman who had different priorities and values yeah. in life. Like I was changed forever. And, but the environment that I had left did not change. Mm -hmm. And so, 
with that friction becomes like, now what do I do? Then it's like, I can't, I don't want to do this. Like I can't do this at all. And when you can't work from home and we're way back in, golly, this was like way before COVID 20, I don't even know, 13 or whatever. I call it the before times. Right. The before times and work from home wasn't even a thing. Like you weren't going to go be a part-time attorney. No one was doing that. Like that was like not even a thing. Mm -hmm. And so I, again, didn't have a mentor and did not know enough because that was a story that I was telling myself, right? Like that's not true. Even then there were options. I just didn't know because I didn't have a mentor or a community or a network of women to tell me any different. I'm on an Island by myself as a new mom going, I don't want any part of what's happening now. And I don't feel like I have an option. So away I walked from the law to stay home, which was wonderful. I, those, those years that I was home just with my kids were great. But what I realized in that time is that my identity was tied so much to being an attorney that even though I was at home doing what I thought I wanted to do, right? Like, that's what I thought I wanted to do, right? Like, this is going to fix it. I'm just going to go stay home. I'm going to eliminate all of that stress. I'm going to go stay home and be a mom, and then I'm going to feel better in my life. But unfortunately, there were a lot of layers that I had to peel back and figure out who the hell Erin was Right. that wasn't a lawyer. She was also, that was just her job. That's not my identity. That was just a job. But I'd taken it on as my identity and all of these feelings of guilt and doubt and you couldn't cut it and you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You couldn't do it. Those, again, we're just beating ourselves up with this stick, but it is truly the legal narrative that is indoctrinated. The first day you step foot in law school, like, here you go. Like, this is how you think. And yep. so it just, it took a lot of years of me unwinding that. And really, um, I told so somebody else this other today, it, it changes a, a really a catalyst for change is when you're no longer willing to tolerate something, yeah. you're not willing to tolerate it. Yes. Yeah. And I wasn't willing to tolerate this anymore. I just knew in my heart there had to be a better way. Yeah. And it's interesting how life comes full circle. You know, the okay. reasons why I walked away from the law are now what I help women overcome and empower them with options and choices. Right. So it just, um, let's life has an interesting it. way of working yeah. itself out. doesn't it? Well, I mean, let's talk about it. Like you're obviously like an empathetic and generous person. Right. And you see younger lawyers struggling with this to this day. Right. Because the narratives in our brain, they're still there, right? So many of us go to law school. We're kind of perfectionist. We, some of us are type A's. <laughs> some of us are very introverted. Um, but you know, we're we're used to success, and we get into our careers where our identities are so wrapped up with "I'm a lawyer," right? And and I've I've had this conversation with people before. Like, I don't know if I could get rid of my, my practice. Like, it's it's funny that we talk to people about this and. It's my, I have the exact same mind junk about my people, identity being wrapped up in being a, in a, a lawyer. Yeah. People ask me what I do and I still tell them I'm an attorney. Well, you are. <laughs> I right? know. You know, it's just one of those things. It's the reflex out of my mouth. Like, oh, you're an attorney. Like, that's who I am. I'm like, no, no, no. It's just, it's, we can't help it almost, but we have to unwind it. You know, it's, we, we have, have to, because those are actually, a lot of those qualities, while bad, 
made us successful, made us successful lawyers, made us successful students, but they are not narratives that make for a happy, fulfilling life. Yes. So let's, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about how you got into coaching, right? Because obviously you, you know, you looked into the sphere of coaching as something that might be able to help you, right? Kind of unwind this mind junk that you have going on. And that's what coaching helps us do, right? It really helps us question the narratives that are just racing through our heads that we sometimes don't take um, a moment to, to examine. And that's the great thing about coaching. It really helps. I like to say that coaching helps really up-level kind of where you already are, right? It can really, t it just, you know, sends you off like a rocket in your career. It's super, super helpful. So what, what kind of instigated you seeking coaching as the recipient of coaching? And then I also want to know, like, how did you transition into being a coach? Yes. So this, I've again, <laughs> I'm a very interesting journey from Erin Gerner. So in the midst of me walking away from the law, I was home for about five years, just home, home, and started to get this itch of, I need to do something with myself. Like there was more inside of me. I am so blessed to be able to have those years with my babies. I had another yeah. one, in fact, during that time. And it was so beautiful, but I wanted more. And here comes a social selling opportunity, which is so far away from the law. And I think that's why I gravitated to it because I wanted to do anything other than go back to practicing law. I was practicing law part-time at this juncture and was still like, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. So I'm into this social selling thing and I'm introduced to personal development for the very first time in my life. Like I had never even you know, heard the limiting beliefs. Like, I didn't even know that that was like a thing. Like mindset, I'm like, okay, I play tennis, like I'm tough, but like, what does that really mean? And so enter this, I successfully build that business and to successfully build any business, you have got to be in the right mindset to be able to build that business aligned with your values and beliefs, and then also bring people along with you that also along, align with your yeah. values and beliefs. So while doing that, I was introduced to coaching and the coach I ended up working with was ironically and serendipitously also a lawyer. And she understood me and flipped a light switch in my mind that change is not moving to Bali and taking an eat, pray, love or becoming a monk situation. It is truly small habit and mindset shifts over time that creates substantial change in your life. Because in my mind, I had made it this whole revolution of like, oh my gosh, like what am I gonna do if I wanna feel better? I'm gonna have to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. No, it was simply switching thoughts, you know, awareness and radical responsibility for how I was showing up in the world and things that were actually in my power to change. And it's once incremental. you start- yeah. It is. And once you start to take that radical self-acceptance and responsibility and really see yourself for the amazing imperfect person you are, it's like this light bulb and you're open to receive all of these things in the world. And I could not help but do that. This is what I've done my whole life. I just didn't even realize I was doing this with women, being able to 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 sit across from them and see their their superpower and what makes them a powerhouse and be able to call them forward to, you know, a happier, better, more fulfilled life. And so I just started educating myself. I hired, you know, I hired up level to coach. I took the classes. I read all the books. I did all the things. And every single time I was running into more female lawyers who were 
burned out, stressed, overwhelmed. And a lot of my limiting beliefs, like, oh, I'm not, I I don't practice law anymore. Like I can't, I can't help those people. Right. Like this is my limiting belief that I had taken all that junk from the law. Like you're not good enough, Aaron, to do that. No, this is exactly who I can help. This is exactly who needs me because I've walked in her shoes. Like I know exactly how she feels and I'm just a couple steps ahead of her. Like we, none of us have arrived. I'm not perfect. (laughs) (laughs) What I teach, what I share, what I empower are the tools that I use every single day in my life to do the exact same things that we are talking about. And it is truly these small shifts and changes that you make over time continually that you're accountable to that will, that create massive change in your life. And I also, the women that come to me, and I'm sure you can relate to this too, Susie, is like, we get to this point in our life and we turn around and we say like, what do I want this to look like five years from now? What do I want my life to look like 10 years from now? We've got a legacy, right? Like, what do I want to feel like when I wake up in the morning? And if it's not how you feel right now, then it's time for change, right? Like, what are you no longer willing to tolerate? So that was a very long-winded explanation of how I got to coaching, but it was very much, I stumbled into it myself. She happened to be an attorney and it just flipped the light switch of like, hey girl, like this is actually like people do this and you can help people. So so I love that you mentioned uh, that, you know, you don't have to go to, you don't have to like sell all your possessions and go live in Bali or whatever, because if you, I don't, I think you're on my news, uh, my newsletter, but yesterday my newsletter went out and um, in like the bottom of it, I have the bliss and badass and, I've, and it had you, I featured Aaron and I have a quote from you about that, right? That like small changes, um, lead to great things, right? You don't have to have like, you don't have to do anything huge or grand. So, but that being said, I kind of feel like you're doing some really awesome things. So (laughs) let's talk about the awesome things that you've got going on with your practice and um, the retreat that you're doing. Because I think that one thing that's so important to you, like with me, is building sort of a community of other women that we can kind of lean into and grow with, right? And learn with. So tell me a little bit about, sometimes I ask like four questions in one sentence. So tell me, (laughs) tell me a little bit about like what your coaching practice looks like, who you love working with. And um, I want to know about your retreat that you have coming up. Yeah. So the women that I work with are very much kind of what I was alluding to earlier. They come to me and they are at a point in their life and career. And it's not necessarily that they want to not be lawyers anymore. They just want to figure out how to make life and law work for them. And by doing that, it's not external circumstances. It is the work within and all we have to figure out, you know, what they want, where they want to go. And it's those simple, small changes. So it's very much women who want to build a legacy that is aligned with their values and their priorities and their beliefs. And I, you know, am just there to be a facilitator and a mirror back to them and an encourager and a cheerleader. And it is truly my passion to watch 
women to walk alongside them, for them to trust me enough to share their dreams and their goals and their, you know, their future with me. And then for me to be able to partner with them and walk alongside them as they make these small changes in their lives and things just start to open and change for them in a way they could have never imagined. It fills my cup so full that it's like the runneth over. So, but paired with that, I think back to my legal career and I had no mentor. I had no community. I had nothing in the law. In the last year of my life, you know, building this, building out this coaching community and all this stuff, I have met so many powerhouse women like you, like, I mean, these women who I'm like, I, where have you been hiding? Oh my gosh, we need each other. Where is this community? And I also think that there needs to be a space where we as women lawyers can walk away from life and law and go take off our pantyhose and get comfortable and put on our yoga pants and form community and connect other like-minded women who want the same thing. I read a quote today, choose people who will shout your name in a room full of opportunities. That is the community that I am building a group of powerhouse women who are going to shout each other's names when they are in a room full of opportunity. That is it. That is, these are the rooms that change your life. Not only because you are learning from people who are doing what you want to do or have a little bit more experience or have fallen down a couple more times than you and are willing to expedite your success by telling you the mistakes they made and a quicker way to get there. Whether it's that or it is literally forming a friendship with a fellow woman who is going to be your soul sister, who you can call, who just sees you, who knows you, who understands the challenges of this profession and what you are going through in a unique way that no one else can understand. I've looked for this. It doesn't exist. And so they say you just create what you want. And so I just did that. And I cannot even explain to you the amount of women who are like, hell yes, that's me. Sign me up. Where do I get signed up? And the women who want to come and participate and share as speakers are like, this blind faith of, yes, this is the, we want this. We've needed it. Thank God you created it. And I am just wickedly excited and so pumped to do this. This is the first one. And my vision is to really bring these women together and they're special. They're all special. The women who are coming to speak, the women who have already registered, are incredibly and special. And I know this group of women is going to walk out of this retreat and now be in this mission with me and we're going to grow it and we're going to make it bigger. And I just, I can't wait. Women need this. I know that I thrive and feel so full out of community and connection. We need this. We've got to fill our soul with this. Where did I, somebody did a podcast the other day. It was like the key, the number one key to happiness is connection. End of story. Doesn't matter what your job is, doesn't matter where you live, all those things. It is who you are connected with. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's huge, right? Um, you know, because I was talking a little bit about the community um, with Kristen, my coach earlier. Hi, Kristen. I think she's in here, um, maybe watching. So um, she's actually, we, we had this conversation about coaching and consulting. She's probably a little more on the consulting side for me, but we were talking about coaching community and consulting and like kind of how they all interplay. 
And, you know, we really decided like, you know, community, community is key, right? Like, because you can, you can, you can learn whatever you want, right? You can go find content everywhere, but really having the support of people who may be a few steps ahead of you in their career, like there's a lot of beauty in that as well as maybe being a few steps ahead of your, your younger sister-in-law that you can help bring up along the way. Because, I mean, I think that we're, we're similar in that, like, we don't want to see people struggling, right? Like we don't want to see people in turmoil and sad and, you know, floundering in their career. That's a word I used a lot. I remember back now, like looking back on it, I'm like, I'm, a, I'm floundering, I'm floundering. And I'm like, I'm a, and I'm like, is that like a fish? Like, I'm just, I don't know what's happening. You know, like, I just feel like I was just bouncing from one thing to another. Cause I didn't really have a lot of direction. I didn't have that. I didn't have like, I had like a mentor that was in the firm, but that, you know, that mentor worked for the firm. Right. right. I still was very guarded in exactly I wasn't sharing like the goals and maybe that, Hey, yeah, I'd love to go interview for this in-house counsel position. Like, should I go do it? You know what I mean? Like there's there's a filter there, but having a coach, someone like you to work with that, you know, you, you're, you're the person that you're is working, that you're working with, like you don't want them to have filters with you. Right. And there can be a lot of vulnerability um, in sharing someone's goals. Right. Especially if it's, if they're like those, those goals that are like, quote unquote, impossible goals, right? The, just the, the crazy, like, I'm going to take Elon Musk, you know, I want to take over SpaceX, right? Like, I don't know, but like there's vulnerability in someone sharing that kind of thing with you. So, um, I think I, I just love that you're building, you know, this retreat to do that. So tell me a little bit about what the retreat looks like and what, and I know that this is something that you really want to this might be the first one. Like it's a proper to say the first annual, but like, <laughs> sure. Why not? Because you're going to have more. Um, what is like your, what, what, what does it look like? And what is your vision of, of where this is going to go? Yeah. So it is three days in the Texas Hill country. Um, I've rented a beautiful home and I am bringing in fantastic women who are all former lawyers who are doing so many neat, amazing things that can help you build your brand, expand your practice, expand your mind, your life, all expand your mind to what's possible, right? We all have, some of us have this little entrepreneurial itch in there and we're afraid to let it come forward. And it's so great to give your brain evidence that that's possible. So that's what it is. And it's, also relaxation and just community. I'm having a woman come in for us to do yoga. We're beautiful. We're by the river. The scenery is lovely. We're not jam packed, like learning at a conference. This is a very much like just, we're a mastermind almost. I hate to even use that word, but it's like, we're coming together. We're going to learn and we're going to do that over three days. And it's going to be great and amazing. And my vision is, is that every woman, walks out of there changed and ready to walk into the next phase of their life with confidence of what is possible and support to know that they can do it. And then I hope that every single one of those women will then bring more women along with them and tell them that this exists so we can one lawyer at a time 
give them the empowered knowledge that there's a different and a better way. And you have a group of sisters who are waiting for you, who are waiting for you to come in and join us so we can literally all kick ass together. Like that is how we kick ass as women in the law is we do it together. I want to talk with you really quickly. I, I want to be mindful of your time, but I want to talk a, about what your definition of success is. What does it look like to you, Erin? My definition of success is really my core values, which are freedom, integrity, empowerment, fun, family, God. That's what happiness mean. That's what success looks like that to me. If I can wake up every day and look at myself in the mirror and know that I am living in alignment with my core values, then I am successful. It doesn't matter how much money is in my bank account. It doesn't matter what my job title is. If I am showing up to life and serving not only my family, but God and my community, in alignment with those core values, then you better bet your bottom dollar that I am damn successful. And you're excited to wake up in the morning. Yeah, I am. That's kind of like my theme. I help women build a life they can't wait to wake up for. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love that. And is it perfect? No, it's not supposed to be perfect. That's no. my favorite thing to tell women in the law. Balance is BS. Once we are living in the imperfect and embracing the ebb and flow of this crazy life and just knowing that, again, done is better than perfect and we're all doing the best we can yep. that is that is when you can just put down all the shoulds and just live your life your way do you work with your clients on um helping them define their values is that that's the very first thing we do like i am of the opinion you cannot move forward to do anything job family career anything unless you know what your values are, unless you Making know good. what you stand yeah. for. Making big decisions, right? It's so key. Something that was that one of, and that was one of the biggest eye openers for me is working with a coach is I realized that I had been living for everybody else's values, what they wanted, what the legal profession expected, what, you know, all of these other outside external values that weren't mine, but I was living according to them because I didn't know what mine were. But once I figured out what mine were, that is when shifts start to happen. Because then I form boundaries. I say no. I say yes differently. All of those things. Um, I show up for myself differently. You know, I choose to flip my thought. I choose to not take on that limiting belief and let it paralyze me and stop me. I have to choose that all the time. But I, I choose that. And then it just becomes habit. That's, that's the great thing about coaching yeah. is it teaches you how to become your own coach. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and a lot of coaches, like that's kind of what they want to teach you, right? Is that is ultimately how to kind of coach yourself. That's it. That's what this is about. That's literally yeah. what we're really fundamentally teaching everyone is just how to coach yourself mm -hmm. because we have so many thoughts. You can't control. They're coming, right? Like we are coming. They're coming. <laughs> they're coming in regardless of if you're like, you know, even sleeping, you know, you're dreaming about stuff. So but when you learn to control them, right, when you learn to shut off the ones that are not serving you and, you know, flip those around, that is when you can really start to ease into an easier life. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, just learning how to that awareness, right, just learning to become aware of, of the thoughts is is the first step. And it, it's just 
if you stop there, right? Like that's, that's huge. Oh, monumental growth can come from just getting still. Yeah. Just get still. We are busy, successful female lawyers who are literally on 100 miles an hour, 24 seven. And we haven't stopped to even let our brain take a break to what we're even thinking because we're on autopilot. It's literally just taking that five minutes. Like I used to roll my eyes at meditating and I don't have like, a, I'm, a, I'm more pray than meditate these days, but it was like, you should have seen me trying to sit down for the first time. I was like up, down, walking around, like doing all this stuff. I convinced myself that I couldn't do it, that I was too busy brained and all this kind yeah. of stuff. I just never sat down long enough to even notice how I was showing up or thinking it's Awareness really, is huge. It's huge. And really, like, I am of the belief that meditation meditation can take different forms. Like, it can take the form of prayer. Like, I think prayer can be very meditative. Like, if you're Catholic, you say the rosary. That's very, very meditative, right? Um, and maybe you're doing the dishes. I don't know how many of us do the dishes anymore, <laughs> right? But, like, it's, it's almost like you kind of get zoned out. Like, I notice that for me, when I'm run, sometimes I get into a very meditative state. And... Um, you know, I'm like, that's kind of like, that's kind of my meditation. Some people would be like running is hell, you know, everyone's different. But I'm, I guess my point is like, you can access meditation and kind of relaxing your brain um, in a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. You don't have to go sit on a, beside of a mountain or go to Bali and spend hundred thousand dollars on a retreat with someone famous, right? Like you don't have to do that kind of stuff. No, I mean, you literally can do it by not spending a dime by simply driving in silence. Yeah. Just turn off your radio today on the way home and don't listen to anything. Yeah. yeah. And then and then pay attention to your thoughts and see what's running through there. It's it, it yeah. really is. It's kind of crazy when you literally turn down the noise. And it's a very it's an interesting analogy because it's like you're riding in the passenger seat with yeah. someone when the volume's up too high and you're like, hey, I can't hear you because the volume's too high. Yeah. You got to turn it down and yeah. turn it down so you can hear. And I think that's such a great tip to Aaron, just for anyone. Um you know, is to allow that silence in there in your life, because then you do start becoming more aware of your thinking. And I guarantee you one of the first things that'll happen when somebody turns down the radio, whether they're listening to Joe Rogan or <laughs> Taylor Swift, whatever they're jamming to, like on their way home, it's got, there's, there's going to be like a little uncomfortableness, mm -hmm. right? It's gonna be like, oh, I need input. I need input. Cause I'll get like that sometimes where I need <laughs> You get like antsy almost. Yeah. Like I need to, I, something needs to be coming into my, it's the, it's wild. I'm the same way. I have to, it's literally like an everyday battle. I have Addiction. to turn that thing and thing yeah. out. Yeah. It, yeah. And I think that that in itself is just like an interesting exercise. Number one, to see how, how challenging is it for you to do that? And what, you know, ask yourself, why is this so challenging? Maybe sit down and, and journal about it. Right. And then, you know, again, like if you can get to that state where you are okay with turning down the volume, literally and figuratively, you know, what, what are the thoughts that are coming into your brain? Cause we just don't take the time to listen to them. And my other advice would be when you do this and these thoughts start coming and you are uncomfortable, do not judge it. All yes. this is, is literally information for you. That's all it is. It is literally information and feedback nothing is wrong with you. You are not crazy. You are not a bad, like nothing is bad or negative about any of this. That's what happens. And that's why people don't do this yeah. is when yeah. they get quiet and still, they start to get very uncomfortable and it makes them think that there's something wrong with them or they're doing something wrong or there's something bad. Like our, 
your body starts reacting this is bad. Yeah. No, no, no. Once we just allow ourselves to just listen and just not judge it and just listen and see what it says. It's information. That's it. That's all it is. Thank you so much for bringing that up to, about not judging your thoughts, right? Like I, one day I realized this, this was, I don't know, maybe five years ago. And I, I remember looking at a flower. It was like a daisy or something. And I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. Like, I just was like, it's so beautiful. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but then I was like, it's so weird that like, I have a judgment for everything that I perceive. Right. It's like, so why can I not just intake information without judging it? Right. And that in itself is a little bit of an exercise and can be applied to your thinking, right? Like, can I just observe that thought? Right. Yeah. I can't stand Bill the partner. You know, that, that's not anything bad. Like that is the thought that's coming through my brain. And it's okay. You know, like that is, we start to, um, because I, we're perfectionists and we literally think there's something wrong with us. Like if it feels bad, then it's gotta be bad, right? Like if it feels weird or not normal, cause our brain likes comfort too. So our, yeah. we're getting upset out of that comfort zone, which makes us feel like all wiggly inside, yeah. but those wiggles are good. That's what I yeah. tell people. Like if you are moving and you're growing and you are expanding and you feel so uncomfortable, then you are going in the right direction. Like that is the right direction. Keep going because on the other side of that uncomfortableness is massive clarity and massive growth and massive transformation. So I like, and people quit in the uncomfortable and go back, but you are not a quitter and you're not the five, you're not the 95% of the people who go back. You, if you're listening to this right now or on replay, you are the 5% of people who go forward and keep moving. And you understand that discomfort is the currency of attaining success. Yep. Oh, I love that line. That's good, Susie. That's good. High five on the good lines today. That's a quote. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I, I stole that one. I wish I could be like, I I got that one. I think, uh, well, I, mean, I don't know. I've heard it from different places, but um, Brooke Castillo, I've heard that in some of her, I don't know if you're familiar with Brooke Castillo. Um, I am actually. I listened yeah. to her podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that really resonated with me. I'm like, yeah, you know, you have to feel, it's like no, no mud, no lotus. Like you have to feel the resistance and learn to navigate and work through things that don't feel good, right? Like achieving success, you're, you're, it's not always going to feel awesome and that's okay, right? That's the human experience. Yeah. I mean, if success were easy, everyone freaking killing it. Like, I mean, <laughs> Wait, right? right. Like, what would we be doing? Like if it were easy, then every damn person would do it. But yeah. you're here for greater things than easy. You, you are greater than easy. Like you're not easy, right? Like we're not that yeah. we're more than that. And so get uncomfortable, like get uncomfortable. It's okay. Just embrace it. Embrace yeah. it. So, okay. So I need to know how people can work with Aaron. I think this is really important. And I need to also know where people can learn more about this pantyhose free retreat that you're having. Awesome. So you can find me at AaronGurner.com. That is my website. You can learn more about me there. You can even book a call to have a, you know, a, I don't call them a discovery call because I think that's very bizarre to like discover someone. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like my lawyer brain like doesn't jive with that. I don't know. That's a, but yeah. anyway, so we will have a call, like a strategy call, breakthrough sure. call, whatever you want to call it, just to see if we're a good fit. And to honestly, 
if nothing else, for me to be able to hopefully empower you in some way on that call to walk away with something tangible that's going to help you in your life, not only that day, but for you to move forward. And also the retreat is May 4th through 7th in the Hill Country of Texas. I have just a few spots left. The thing is already half full. So if you want to register, now's the time. Um, I think Susie's going to put the link to find out more information in the show notes. All the speakers are on there. Um, you just have to get yourself there. Then everything's included. You're going to eat great. You're going to sleep great. You're going to relax great. It's just going to be amazing. And you're going to walk away refreshed, realigned, and refocused, ready to step in to the, the next phase of your life. I absolutely love it. And yeah, I will um, have a link in the description. If you're listening on YouTube, you catch us later. So let me ask you this. What if um, someone catches this after May, after the event? Would the best way, like if the, and they're interested in like a potential future event, how are they going to know about it? What's the best way to kind of stalk you? Is it Aaron Gerner? Just like on LinkedIn, maybe would be good to follow you or? Yeah. So you can go to LinkedIn. I'm Aaron Gurner on LinkedIn. You can go over to IG at Aaron Gurner. I will, after this retreat is over, obviously we're, I'm going to put up a wait list so you can join the wait Perfect. list and you can also subscribe to my newsletter. goes out weekly with dishing great information, tips, all the kind of stuff. So there are multiple ways to stay in contact with me and I will be keeping, um, just join my community, subscribe to my email list and you will be updated on every single thing that's happening in the world of Aaron Gurner coaching. Yay. Aaron, this has been so much fun. I love learning a little bit more about your journey and I am so excited for you and for all the people that are working with you. I just think that you have, you're just a genius in this space. So anyone that gets to work with Aaron, I mean, they're, they're definitely blessed. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Oh, Susie, thank you for having me. I am just so happy that our world's connected. I feel I resonate so much just with you. We need to get together in person. I wish we lived closer, but I just, we have a similar mission and it just sets my soul on fire to know that there is another woman who's walking this and bringing these women with you. And so hats off to you. Legally Bliss is amazing. You should be so incredibly proud of what you have accomplished nice I'm shirt. wearing your nice swag so there will be swag at Susie's <laughs> swag at the retreat too so legally yes, will be represented I just appreciate you so much everything that you are doing for females in the law I just love you to pieces thank you so um, much likewise and I definitely feel I definitely believe in serendipity and I, I think that our paths um cross for a reason right thank I you love you so here. much friend love you love thank you thank you, you for love having you. me Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today on Legally Blissed. If you love listening to this episode as much as we love producing it for you, be sure to share this episode with two or three female attorneys who inspire you. And of course, be sure to find me on Instagram. Just follow Susie Hickson. That's S-U-Z-I-H-I-X-O-N. I'll see you next time.